Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. <clears throat> she did absolutely everything. <clears throat> I'm sorry. No, no. You have Guns, a theory of two shooters, and an alleged admission. It's a recap of day four of the Alec Murdoch trial. Welcome to Sidebar, presented by Long Crime. I'm Jesse Weber. When when Paul's phone came out, did you you just pick it up and put it on, you know, place it back down on him or you know yeah, I did not try to open it or anything. You know, I just, I don't know how I had in my mind that I needed to not mess anything up. I had that, I had that, you know, somehow I had that presence of mind that I needed to not mess anything up. Another day in the Alec Murdoch trial, and boy, oh boy, a lot to talk about. So Murdoch is the disgraced South Carolina lawyer accused of shooting to death his wife, Maggie, and son, Paul, on the family's property back on June 7th, 2021. Now, the idea that was put forward by the prosecution is that he did this as a way to gain sympathy and cause a distraction from his alleged financial crimes, which were about to come to light. In fact, in separate cases, I believe he's going to be fighting over 90 charges related to these alleged financial crimes. Now, the defense says not only does that not make sense, that he would never want to kill his family, that he loved his family, but also the forensic evidence, the circumstantial evidence doesn't really add up. So that brings us to day four. And when I say day four, I say day four of the actual beginning of the case, not jury selection. So let's get into the five key moments from day four. First up. SLED Senior Special Agent Jeff Croft. He was called to the stand by the prosecution, since it's still their case. And he was talking about ammunition, weapons, and later on, a very important interview with Alec Murdoch. Now, remember, there were two weapons that were used in this attack, a 300 blackout rifle and a 12-gauge shotgun. The murder weapons, though, haven't been recovered. But the prosecution says that these were the Murdoch family weapons, that this family had a lot of guns, that they fired guns in the past on this property, and that the ammunition that was found on the crime scene matches ammunition found around the property from earlier instances. So that is how they are tying him back. That is how they are saying these were the family weapons and who would use it but Alec Murdoch. Well, here is Alec Murdoch in that interview explaining to, to Agent Croft a little bit more about the weapons. I mean, Paul has guns scattered all over the place. So, you know, some of our guns aren't there. But so you want to know all of them or you want to know what I think is in my house or what was in my house on Monday? Yeah, what was in your house? Let's start with what was in your house on Monday. Okay, whatever was in my house on Monday Mm -hmm. is exactly what 
was there minus one shotgun that I got, that y'all got. Okay. No guns have been moved for, you know, there hadn't been any guns moved in and out of there other than when Paul was home. You know, when Paul came home, he, he would ride around and shoot hogs a lot. Um, what would he shoot hogs with? You know, I mean, primarily he would shoot them with Buster's gun. Because okay. Paul, Paul had a 300 blackout. Okay. And it got, you know, he says it got stolen. Um, you know, and it's been gone for some time. Now here is Agent Croft highlighting a bit more the prosecution's theory. What else are you looking for right now as you look through the, the other firearms on that particular gun rack? Any additional uh, rifles capable of shooting a 300 blackout and also the uh, any 12-gauge shotguns which are capable of shooting a uh, 3-inch magnum. Let me ask you this. Did you find any other weapons that could <clears throat> shoot 300 blackout? Uh, no, sir, we did not. Did you ever find any other weapons on Alec Murdoch's property that could shoot 300 blackouts other than that one that was in the gun rack? No, sir, we did not. We're going to talk more about this in a minute, but did you find some 12 gauges? Yes, sir, we did. So this helps establish that the family weapons were used, and who else would have used these but Alec Murdoch? The only problem is, I'm not sure about it, because isn't it possible someone could have snuck onto the property and use those guns. If we accept that those are the murder weapons, isn't that another possibility? If they have all these weapons around, someone else could have used it. It seems to me that for the prosecution, you have to put those weapons directly into the hands of Alec Murdoch to really make this work. Now, in the totality of the case, if they can have more evidence showing it's him and they can show that the family murder weapons were used, I'm sure it's going to be helpful. But in and of itself, might be a little bit of a stretch. I should also tell you that Croft testified about some other important things like Maggie's phone being found on the side of the road, Paul having a communication with a Rogan Gibson. So you see, apparently Paul had called him at 840. The call lasted four minutes. Paul calls again at 844. Gibson sends Paul a text at 845, 849, but Paul doesn't respond and never answers Gibson's preceding calls. This is why investigators believe the killings happened at around 8.50 p.m. Now, we also heard from SLED agent Melinda Worley, a forensic investigator who worked on evidence collection, and there was a fascinating moment when she was cross-examined by defense attorney Dick Harputlian, where he suggested an alternative theory of the killings. But did you know the degrees? No, that didn't know. Until July 12th. But on July 12th, did anyone go back out and walk <coughs> this line to see if maybe there's cell casings way up here? No one looked up there, correct? Not when I'm aware. Okay. And no one did a topographical study to indicate if you follow these lines back, whether the wherever a shooter could have been were higher or lower uh, than um, the doghouse or the, the um, small animal cage, right? But doesn't this indicate to you there were two shooters? There was a shooter up here and a shooter down here? Is it a possibility? Well, let me say this. Is it a possibility that there are two shooters based on the data you collected? Just, I, it just indicated it was, it was movement to me. Movement from here all the way up to here? I don't know that it went all the way up there. But is it, I'm not telling you. I mean, one 
One explanation would be movement, correct? One explanation would be would be two shooters. I'm sorry? Yes? No, 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 no. But one explanation of which data would be two shooters. One explanation. Not the, but one. Not the only one. Yeah, not the only one. But it is a reasonable explanation, just like one shooter running up that way, correct? Sure. One of the reasonable explanations is there are two people there, there are two guns there, one's a shotgun, one's an AR, and we now see that that AR is being shot from way up here, correct? Somewhere along that line. And that line goes a dozen, two dozen, three dozen yards from the feed room, if you follow straight up. I don't know where they were within that line. Could someone have been a lookout there? They went there to kill Paul, and and uh, that's the lookout. Maggie surprised them. They thought she was gone. Have no idea. Reasonable though, right? Right? I know you weren't there, but none of us were there. We're trying to figure out what happened that night. And clearly, one reasonable explanation is two shooters. One explanation. Right. And a number of them. And that's interesting. That's interesting because it makes you wonder what really happened. Does it make sense that Alec Murdoch used two separate guns to shoot two people separately? Maybe. Could it have happened that way? Sure. But there's another theory here as well and something that I'm sure the jury is going to consider. By the way, Dick Harputlian spent a considerable amount of time grilling Agent Worley on issues with crime scene preservation, basically arguing sloppy police work. For instance, days after blood was found on Murdoch's car and clothing, it seems that law enforcement might have walked through the bloody crime scene, and Harputlian was like, is that preservation of the scene that your standards require? And she was like, uh, not exactly, no. I will tell you that the more that you can show problems in an investigation, problems in chain of custody, problems with preserving evidence, the more you can rip apart a prosecutor's case. All right, back to that interview of Alec Murdoch. So another significant moment came when he provided an alibi. So so they left and went down to the kennels? Well, Maggie went to go to the kennels. Okay, Paul, and Paul left. And I'm assuming, you know, I'm assuming Paul left okay. because of, you know, Gotcha. What happened? I mean, I'm assuming Paul yeah, yeah. went to the kennels. Okay. Um, and what did you do when, once Maggie and Paul left? I stayed in the house. What did he tell you he did after Maggie and Paul went to the kennels? He stayed in the house. So Murdoch says that the last time he saw Maggie and Paul was at dinner, that he never went down to the kennels with him. And then he says that he traveled to visit his mom, who has late-stage Alzheimer's. And when he came back from visiting her and he came back to the property, that's when he found Maggie and Paul dead. Here is why this is important. This is important because the prosecution says Murdoch is lying. They say that they are going to present evidence that Paul took a Snapchat, Snapchat video at 8.47 p.m. from down by the kennels where you can hear Alec Murdoch on it. Prosecutors assert that the murders happened at 8.50 p.m. based on Maggie and Paul's phones locking around that time, like I mentioned. So if they can show that with this video, it could be a game changer. So it would show two things. One, it would show he wasn't telling the truth. And more importantly, that he was at the crime scene at the purported time of the killings. All right. But now we have to talk about the big thing that happened in court. This is what everyone is talking about. In this recorded interview, listen very carefully to what Alex says about Paul. 
and, and you definitely saw a traumatic picture, and uh, and I know it's not hard, or not not easy. I know it's hard. Um, and sitting here talking today is is tough. It's just so bad. They did it so bad. You asked the defendant about the traumatic picture that he saw of Paul and Maggie. What did he say? It's just so bad. I did him so bad. I did him so bad. Yes, sir. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. What did you hear? Did you hear, I did him so bad or they did him so bad? There has been a lot of chatter on both sides of this. So if you think that it was they did him so bad, then it seems that he's referencing the killers. But if it's I did him so bad, uh-oh. Was that a slip up? Was that a confession? Did he admit to killing Paul? Well, interestingly, investigators didn't really press him on that. There were no follow-up questions on that statement. Another way to look at it is even, even if you think he said, I did him so bad, what does that mean? Could it mean that he failed him as a father? That he failed to protect him? Remember, Alec Murdoch initially speculated that his son was murdered over a boating crash that his son was involved in two years earlier that resulted in the death of a teenager. So what did he mean by that? Maybe he failed to protect him in that circumstance. It seems to me it's not entirely clear what was said or what the meaning of it was, but it is something that the jury will definitely debate over. And that's all we have for you, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here on Sidebar. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jesse Weber. I'll speak to you next time. 